It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to episode number 1000 and God, 15, 16. I don't actually know the number of the episode today. It's been a while since our last episode. That's fine. We'll get it right tomorrow. I am your host, Sean Woodley of uh, Raptors HQ. This is, of course, Locked on Raptors. And uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at, at Locked on Raptors. You can find me at Woodley Sean, as always, as well. And you can find the podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms for free. Uh, either, you know, regular podcast audio version or on YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube page as well. We're over 600 subs now, which is wonderful. It's so cool to see so many people latching onto the show. Please continue to hit that subscribe button. Even if you're not going to watch every day, we appreciate the numbers. It makes my ego feel much better. So thank you in advance for doing that. All right, on today's show, we are, as promised in the cold open, if you're watching the video version of the show, talking about Scotty Barnes and what might define success for him this coming season. It's, uh, you know, it's an interesting one. He's a rookie. He's the fourth overall pick. He's kind of raw, but there's a lot of expectation tied to being the number four pick. We're going to dig into that on today's show. With today's guest, you see from his recovery bed after suffering an Achilles injury playing soccer a couple weeks ago, he's been on the sidelines for a couple weeks. He's back on the show now. We are so happy to have him. It is Vivek Jacob, Big V. How's it going, man? Are you feeling okay? I feel very badly for you because it <laughs> seems like the last couple weeks for you have been absolute hell. It hasn't been fun. I mean, very professional appearance for me from from my bed, the same bed that I would cry <laughs> myself to sleep uh, watching those pre-We the North Raptors. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm at my parents' place. But, you know, honestly, it's been a huge help just being back here. Like, there's a lot of basic things that I can't do. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, my parents have been a big help in just doing basic things and um, – Hopefully, yeah, doctors say that in a couple months I should be able to walk again. So, yeah, we'll walk independently. Obviously, I've got crutches mm-hmm. and whatnot right now. But, uh, yeah, l- looking forward to a couple months from now, that's for sure. It's quite a way for you to duck playing me in the Raptors Republic 3-on-3 tournament in November, dude. I mean, you know, you didn't have to go hurt yourself to do that. Like, you could have just not played, but that's fine. I mean, hey, <laughs> if, if I was showing up to that thing, I was showing up with Javon and Megan. I don't know if you want that. <laughs> oh, you're sure you're adopting the me strategy of bringing in ringers and being the worst player on the team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also I wanted to ask you. You know, does it feel 
Is there kind of a silver lining now knowing that you can have an icebreaker with the Raptor himself because you've suffered the same injury in the, la- in the last, I guess, six, seven years here? Like maybe you can kind of, you know, talk about recovery with the Raptor. Does that feel like a nice in to have? I know you're like the Raptors.com writer now, so you might have inside access to the Raptor regardless. But now you can have like a long conversation about Achilles injuries. Isn't that fun? Yeah, I mean, not just the Raptor, but Alex <laughs> McKechnie too, right? Just... Any That's kind true. of major yeah. injury, I feel like, would be an in with him, and be, and, you know, get some, <laughs> get some advice on what I should be doing and what kind of load management program I should be looking at after. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, th- I think this might be a conversation starter with a few of them. I look forward to watch watching you sort of wheel around on some sort of scooter apparatus at games with a shoestring tied to your ankle and foot, <laughs> uh, courtesy Alex McKechnie. That will be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, we can not grill you about your injury anymore. Let's talk about basketball, shall we, and try to yes. bring back some normalcy. Uh, <laughs> so you had an idea, and it's a wonderful idea, that we wanted to kind of you know take a look at some players on the Raptors and sort of determine what would success be for that player this season. And Scotty Barnes feels like a pretty fun place to start. He's, of course, the fourth overall pick. There's lots invested in him, but it is kind of a tricky one because he's very clearly a developmental guy as well, and I don't think you're expecting fully formed Scotty Barnes in year one. So we're going to dig into what we are expecting from him on sort of a statistical level and sort of just in terms of what's his role going to be on offense? How is he used in that role? How does he succeed in said role? You know, what's his defensive upside going to be? Is he going to be doing the things we saw on YouTube clips or Instagram clips over the weekend where he's locking down Tim Hardaway Jr. at pickup runs? Or is it going to be something a little bit more sort of growing painy? That's a phrase, apparently. Uh, We'll get into all of that on today's show. But let's start with the statistical side of things, Vivek. We had a mailbag question when Katie was on the show a couple weeks ago, sort of throwing out, oh, what do you think Scotty Barnes's stat line is going to be in year one? And... You know, I think we kind of threw around some sort of modest numbers, you know, nine points a game, maybe something like that. You know, if he gets five boards and a couple assists, that seems like you're on a pretty good start to his career. Let me ask you, Vivek, where do you think Scotty Barnes' statistical sort of profile is going to line up this season? Is there anything in particular, like a particular stat column you're particularly keen on? I've said particularly four times now because I'm very good at my job. Uh, where are you looking, you know, in terms of Scotty Barnes' stats this season? What's your expectation? I'd probably say something along the lines of, you know, 10 to 12 points a game, five boards, uh, a steal, a block. And then I think the assist part of it is where I'd be curious, you know, just how many reps does he get on the ball? Uh, How involved is he as a playmaker? We know he's got the vision. Obviously, there were some catches that weren't made in summer league that you'd think would be completed uh, at the NBA level with. The, all the guys available now so I think that's probably the number I look at because I think when you think about Barnes's offensive potential right now especially you, you know you don't really look at him as a scorer and I think the vision stands out the playmaking stands out and so that assist number is what I'm probably most curious about what about you yeah, I mean, the assists, I, I'm really fascinated, too. And I think, you know, the early part of the season is going to be pretty telling as to what they want to do with him, right? Because there's going to be no Pascal Siakam. And we've kind of kicked around 
all sorts of different thoughts as to who's going to start in place of Siakam for the first month or so until he comes back from injury. And you can go a bunch of different ways there. You know, I, I think we've kind of kicked around. Maybe they start small in the backcourt to have extra ball handling and go with, you know, a Trent Drogic Fred backcourt and sort of sacrifice some defense to have a little bit of extra playmaking to fill in for Pascal slide OG down to the four. You know, you could throw Chris Boucher in there to replicate some of the scoring you're losing from Pascal. But I think a sneaky guy to think about maybe starting there to start the season is Scotty Barnes. I think that's going to be sort of a telling thing, you know, as to what the Raptors kind of view this season to be. If they say, all right, Scotty, from day one, you're starting at the four in place of a two t- of a, you know, a second team all NBA guy, have fun, go nuts with it. That might suggest that this is going to be more of a sort of developmental focus season. Uh, but, you know, maybe they go the other way and say they want to try to, you know, scratch out some wins during that first month or so. But, you know, if Barnes were to start at the four, I think you would get a pretty sort of interesting crash course for him in terms of the playmaking side of things. Because I don't think he'd just be a play finisher. I don't think you have him out there to be just a play finisher in that sort of lineup construction. You would need to have the ball in his hands a little bit to take advantage of all the shooting that would be around him and not have him detract because he can't quite shoot yet. That's a fascinating one. Is there any part of you that wants to see Barnes start from day one, or is that too much of a burden to put on a rookie uh, who obviously has a lot of expectation tied to him as well as the number four pick? There's definitely a part of me that wants to see Barnes start and just accelerate that development a little bit. And I think the biggest counter to that would be keeping him in the role that he's most likely to play all season and just easing him in, having him as the backup three, four and getting those minutes there. Uh, I think, and obviously you look at Chris Boucher, you know, him lining up next to Kem Birch, that probably makes the most sense uh, at the four to, to start off with, at least. Um, so mm-hmm. I think it will probably be Boucher, but I absolutely would be open to uh, Scotty Barnes. And especially, you know, depending on where Siakam is in his recovery, if you know mm-hmm. he's only going to miss the first couple weeks as opposed to the first month that would Mm -hmm. make me lean even more towards starting scotty because now it's just you know it's a couple weeks where you can just get him in there and really uh, get a taste of things Uh, and then he goes to the bench and says okay that that was a cool experience what did i take from it what can i use moving forward so if it's if it's a longer period of time i could see nick nurse saying hey you know we got to get wins on the board as many as we can we don't want to be you know, climbing uphill like we did uh, in it had to do in Tampa. So um, I, th- I think the longer Siakam is out, the more likely it is that Boucher starts. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way to put it. And I am excited for everyone to kind of arrive in Toronto so we can get some updates on Pascal. It's been, you know, basically since he had surgery that, you know, we had any sort of news on the timeline for him. And it'd be nice to know sort of where he is at progress-wise. Because, yeah, you're probably right in that, his absence length will probably determine how they approach filling in for him until he comes back. Uh, we're going to dig more into Barnes and sort of the, the role that we'd like to see him occupy, assuming full health for the Raptors once Pascal is back, and sort of how to glean success from whatever he does for the team this coming season. We'll get to that in one sec, but first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Sweatblock. Look, again, it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to talk about, but look, people... 
sweat excessively. It's fine, and as the world gets hotter, it's only gonna become more of a problem for people because it's hot all the freaking time. Well, guess what? Sweatblock is here to make, sh make it so you don't ever have, you know, pitting out on your shirts. You don't have to choose your wardrobe based on the colors that are gonna hide sweat better. You get to choose the colors that you like, which is a wonderful thing, and they have all the tools for you, including their wonderful Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes, which come with a dry shirt guarantee. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at nighttime before you go to bed. And wake up the next morning, you wash, go about your day, and without worrying about sweat, guaranteed it's that easy. It can last you for up to a week. It's incredible. I know this is going to sound too good to be true, but literally, I only got to use it once a week, and it does the trick for me. Sweatblock makes it so there's no more pitting out, no more choosing your, your shirts based on the colors and all that stuff. They are a wonderful product for people like me who sweat a whole bunch. And look, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but it's not like anyone's not going to notice if you're sweating hard. So why not get Sweatblock to counteract all of that excess, excessive sweating that is. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you got to check out Sweatblock. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code Locked On, Or you can go to Amazon, where right now it is the number one ranked product which is incredible, I'm going to assume that's the Locked On Raptors bump for Sweatblock. Go get it today, sweatblock.com. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's friend's login, or your best friend's login, uh, for the good stuff. Your neighbor's best friend's login? That is a long train of people to get a login from. But that's the point. It's confusing as hell. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to you get all the entertainment you love without the hassle in one place and get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package uh, all right, before we get into the next segment here, just a reminder, people, that your beloved Toronto Blue Jays, just down the street from the Raptors in Toronto, are kicking ass right now. And you should go listen to Locked On Blue Jays every single day as they break down the best team in the American League. I'll say it, the Blue Jays rock. And uh, you should go listen to Locked On Blue Jays with AJ Andrews and new incoming co-host Lucas Weiss as well, who is a good friend of uh, those in the Raptors family as well. So go check out that podcast. Uh, all right. Vivek, let's continue on here talking Scotty Barnes in terms of what's going to be a successful season for him. And let's sort of look at the offensive side first, because I think that's going to be the more difficult thing for him to master this year. Obviously, he comes in as a six foot nine dude who looks like he's seven foot eight with arms that goes for go for days. He seems like he's going to pick up defense a little quicker. We'll get to that in the back part of the show. On offense going to be a bit more of a challenge and I'm just curious first of all before we get into what would be a successful season for him in terms of what we see out of him what are you hoping his sort of role is this season because there's lots of different ways they could go they could use him as a ball handler a little bit more often and sort of get him those reps at the NBA level go through some growing pains this season and that might be a way to go they could also ease him in and have him be like an off-ball guy who sort of Cuts baseline and, and, you know, maybe spots up in the in the corners for threes to work on that shooting. They could have him be kind of like a screener and dive man, too. There's lots of different ways they could go about it. What is the, you know, the means by which you would like to see Scotty Barnes deployed for the Raptors this season more than anything else? The role I would like to see him deployed in more than anything else is probably... You know, uh, not necessarily a screen and dive guy, but, you know, I, th I think... Mm -hmm screen and then 
use him as the secondary. I, I, I think, you know, he's a capable playmaker. I think, you know, the Raptors as an organization, they're not ones to just put a ceiling on someone and say, okay, this is all he can do in his rookie season. So I think, you know, they'll sort of push things forward in that regard and test out as much as they can with him. And I think from that standpoint, that's why, again, I go back to the assist, what that's going to look like. Uh, I yeah. think I think he can really play make. Um, and I think those opportunities that he, he gets. Uh, and, and sometimes it'll be on the short roll, too, where he, he'll you know, be able to get a catch a pass and then make a quick read, whether it's out to, you know, we talk about bigs being able to make those kickouts to the corners, the weak side corners, whatever it is. I, I think that's the type of play that'll come naturally to him. Um, and mm-hmm. besides that, uh, I would say, you know, establish one go-to move. And I, I think sure. if he can do that uh, early on um, and then progressively, I would like to see him, Almost like what the Raptors tried to do with Rondé Hollis Jefferson, or even a Stan- okay, yeah. or, or even a Stanley Johnson, right? Where we know, yeah. hey, the shots maybe not there right now, but you can get the ball. Hey, the best the best thing to do with someone that can't shoot is at least have them handle and create. And yeah. so, if they can do that with Scotty, I, I think that would probably be his best role. That's a good point. You know, they've had a lot of success doing that in the past. You know, Rondé, you know, had his moments there. I think back to that game where he was like point center against the Wolves and punked Carl Anthony Towns, and that was a ton of fun. Exactly. You know, Stanley Johnson's best moments last year came in that role. And I mean, think back to the culture reset season of 2017-18. What was the counter to DeMar DeRozan not shooting threes? It was, all right, I guess he's just our point guard now when he gets to have the ball all the time. And it worked really damn well. Obviously, you don't want Scotty Barnes to take on a DeMar DeRozan-level role in running the offense this season, but I think you kind of hit on a lot of different areas in which they can use him, and I think that kind of brings me to my take on this, as it were, and that's like, I think success for Scotty Barnes is more so in the hands of the coaching staff than it is for Scotty this season in a lot of ways. I'm not so much looking for you know, the efficient production or anything like that, as much as I'm looking for the Raptors to use him in a ton of different ways and get him those reps and see what works and see what doesn't, see what needs refinement. And yeah, obviously some of the onus will be on Scotty Barnes to succeed when he gets those opportunities in all these different ways. But I think for the most part, the way that you have a successful rookie season for Scotty Barnes is get him the ball a bunch in a bunch of different places, see what he can do with it and live with the results. And That's going to be the beauty of this season. If the results are excellent, all of a sudden, okay, there's like an extra, you know, rangy long forward on this team who can do a lot of stuff for you in addition to OG and Pascal. If things don't go so well, then, you know, it's not like they're fighting for championship contention or anything like that either. And you can kind of grow with those lumps and, and be okay with it. Is that sort of fair? Am I taking too much of the pressure or onus away from Scotty Barnes in my assessment there? Or do you agree that it's kind of on the Raptors here to sort of experiment and use this season as a bit of like a tester case for anything that Scotty Barnes might be able to do down the line? No, I'm, I'm with you. I think it starts with the coaching staff. Uh, and I think that's what leaves me confident in Scotty's development. I think they will push him as hard as they can uh, to come along yeah. as quickly as he can. And so that comes back to Scotty in the sense that I think it'll be an interesting test to see, hey, everyone's talking about how positive you are, what, you know, what a positive influence you can be in the locker room and you're always smiling and all that. Guess what? 
you are going to lose more games than you've ever lost before. Just by yeah. virtue of playing an 82-game season, right? Yeah, and, and not and, being on that Montverde team. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? So how does he handle what comes with that? And, you know, mm-hmm. it, can he maintain that upbeat attitude? And, you know, as you say, if the coaching staff does give him more to handle, you know, as he's making those mistakes, how does he take that in? And how does he process that? Uh, that's where that's where it comes back to Scotty. And so mm-hmm. I think if he can handle those in the right way, which right now all signs point towards saying yes, he can, um, then you know that's just that's just going to lead to really good things for his development. I guess my last point on this, my next question for you on this is. You know, as much as I'm not worried about the production or sort of anything like that this season, I am kind of curious as to like how his role sort of levels up within the team as the season goes along. And I feel like the most successful sort of outcome here for Scotty Barnes, the thing that will make me the most like gleeful and excited going forward is, does he become a guy they close games with by season's end, right? Like, does he become a guy who, yes, Kem Birch is nice and Precious Achua is a nice, you know, vertical threat, but... Do they view like the Barnes, Siakam, Ananobi 3-4-5, or even as a 2-3-4, as a trio that they can actually close games with this season? And if they get to that, I think you're laughing in terms of like how the season has gone. I think that will be the case at some point down the line. I think those three are going to play together a lot. It's kind of the whole dream here, you would think. But do you think there's a way in which he inches himself into that starting five? As much as Birch and Achua are nice, I don't think there's a ton kind of keeping him from getting there if he performs well. Do you see that in the cards here for Barnes this season? To close games, I can definitely see it in certain matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as long as on the particular night there's enough offense uh, mm-hmm. around him. You know, if, if OG's playing the way we expect him to play, if Pascal Siakam is back playing the way we expect him to play, you, you know, I think those things would lend towards saying, okay, yeah, we can have Scotty out there. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe in place of, you know, at this point, you would assume Gary Trent Jr. And mm-hmm. you think about, again, I think about the length of the Celtics and going up against guys like Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the physicality that they're going to bring, I would say, you know, that would be a, a great matchup to have Scotty and OG and Pascal out there together to close the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the other matchup you think about is obviously the Brooklyn Nets. And yeah. that's where, <laughs> that's where I think you get into a m- much more detailed thought process of offense versus defense, because obviously we know what the sure. Brooklyn Nets can do scoring wise. Um, <laughs> but, uh, if you are getting what you expect from all the other guys, then yeah, sure. Having Scotty Barnes out there to throw at one of those three guys is going to be awesome. Because guess what we saw? We saw in that little uh, gym tape that he, he's happy to guard anyone. Yes, he is. Uh, and speaking of guarding, we will get to that in the back part of the show. And what to expect from Scotty Barnes on the defensive end this season. Uh, Before we do that, though, I just want to throw one last sort of like prediction uh, take, if you will. Uh, I think we could see by season's end, and this won't be the most used lineup for the team, probably not even in like the top 10, but I have a hunch that like the lineup people will like the most and maybe is one of their more effective ones is the starters with Trent, uh, assuming he's going to start at the two, with Barnes swapped in at the five. 
Like a Fred, Trent, OG, Siakam, Barnes lineup sounds very intriguing to me. It kind of you know mitigates the lack of shooting from Barnes. You know, assuming Pascal can kind of bounce back a little bit from three, you have three dead eye shooters in OG, Trent, and Fred around those guys. That seems like a recipe for some funky fun to me, and uh, that would be a dream. And again, like that's a real sort of successful outcome, is if Scotty Barnes is part of those like really sort of effective lineups that maybe don't play a ton, but are really effective when they're used. Um, we'll continue on to get into the defense side of things on the other side. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. We've been talking about Rock Auto for like a year now, and if you haven't checked them out, you really should, because they are saving you money when you have car trouble, and there's nothing worse than having car trouble. You are anxious. It's expensive. You don't know what the hell is wrong with your car. You're not a mechanic. You don't know how all these things go together. Are they fleecing you with the mechanic? Well, guess what? You don't have to worry about that anymore because you can go to rockauto.com and get the parts you need for much less money. For example, if you go to a mechanic or a chain store and try to get a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, it's going to run you on average 353 bucks. That's a lot of money. If you go to rockauto.com, you can get it for 216 That is enormous savings, money you could spend on Raptors tickets or something else like that. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. They've got everything you need from the important stuff like brake parts to the aesthetic stuff like new carpets and everything in between. Go explore their super easy-to-use website. Their website that is Sean-proof. I can use it and not get lost, which is a real achievement when it comes to cars because I know nothing about cars whatsoever. I had to learn uh, to YouTube how to uh, boost my car when I lost battery when I was camping last weekend. So that tells you my car knowledge. And if I can navigate rockauto.com, so can you. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Big V, let's pivot to the defensive side of things here for Scotty Barnes. And I think it's fair to have a bit higher expectations for what we see from him on that end of the floor than on the offensive end of the floor, which is weird for a rookie because normally it's the other way around. Defense takes a longer time to come along. But as we've kind of talked about, the physical gifts for Scotty Barnes are insane. He's already shown a huge acumen for defense in basically every level he's played at, summer league, college, pickup games with Tim Hardaway Jr., etc., 
Where are your sort of expectations set right now for him on defense? Like, are you hoping that he becomes like a, a noted, like league-wide sort of viewed? Okay, that's guy. That guy's one of the best, you know, perimeter defenders in the league. Are you hoping he becomes sort of like a multi-tool type defender who can defend one through five? Is all of that too much to heap on him in year one? Where are you at with the Scotty Barnes defensive expectations going into year one for him? Into year year one, I mean, you're right. Uh, I, I, I absolutely have higher expectations for him on the d- defensive end. Long term, I think he is someone who can be like an all defensive candidate, uh, all defensive team candidate. And I think, you know, when you talked about what type of defender is he, he's all of the above. And I think we we saw, you know, in, in those few plays that one on one, he's happy to take on whoever it is. I think he's a very high IQ player, so operating within. Uh, a team's scheme is right up his alley and so I think the combination of both of those things uh, will see him do really really well on the defensive end so the floor for him long term is really high and so Mm -hmm. I think that's what's exciting about this season just thinking about those plays that him and Siakam and OG are going to be able to make uh, in unison just using their length uh, and their mobility. Uh, the one thing that's so important in the NBA now is screen navigation. And so yeah. understanding what's coming, understanding what, what plays are being run and being able to see it before it's happening to get to the right spot, that's probably going to be his biggest adjustment uh, that he's going to have mm-hmm. to make and his biggest challenge. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch. But overall, I think the world of him defensively already um, – Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I think he's going to be an absolute monster uh, in a few years. For now, you know, yeah. I, 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 I think I, I think let's just uh, let him see the floor and learn and pick up as much as he can, and and just be for now uh, just a net positive on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, defense is a bit more of like an ethereal thing to try to set expectations for, right? It's all sort of fluid. There's not a lot of numbers that we can really count on. I I mean, if we were looking at stats, I would say, you know, if he can average half a block, half a steal a game, that's great. You know, if he can become a fantasy basketball darling and get a block and a steal a game, like, oh my God, that's incredible from day one. That seems like maybe a little bit too much to put onto him. Um, But, you know, I, I think another statistical thing you're looking at is what are the lineups that he's in look like defensively are they you know net positives are they you know some of the better Raptors defensive lineups if that's the case I think you're on off to a great start and then beyond that I think you know you just kind of want to see those flashes right you want to see those just like monstrous defensive plays once or twice a night where you know he's blowing up a pick and roll where he's you know jumping a passing lane and starting the fast break where he's having a help side block or something like that I think that's really what you want to see and you know you just want those to dot throughout the season by the end of the season we should have brad vermont making an insane scotty barnes uh like defensive highlight mixtape and it should be the most watched thing on that youtube page that's kind of success for me uh sorry to heap this onto brad but uh he can handle it it's cool uh, <laughs> um you know in, in terms of like I'll ask the same similar sort of question in terms of deployment you know and maybe it's the same answer and you want to see him in a bunch of different ways but is there a particular set defense you're excited to see him in is there a particular position defensively that you want to see him play and sort of excel there or again is it more of a just do a little bit of everything have a bit of a sort of potluck of different things on defense that he's taking part in every single night 
Yeah, I think I think that's the most exciting thing about him is I want to see Nick Nurse have full freedom in saying, "Hey, let's let's go box in one, let's go two three, let's go, you know, triangle and two, and you know, man to man, and let's do it all uh, in quick bursts and throw teams mm-hmm. off, and and let's see how Scotty handles that." And uh, I think that was the beauty of again going back to that 2019 championship team. You know, some of the times it wasn't even Nick Nurse asking for it, right? It was things that the guys were seeing on the floor and saying, yeah, well, I know these other four guys will be right on it with me. And so mm-hmm. I'll just call it out. This is what we're doing. And so can this group feel comfortable enough to do that? And if they see something, do they trust Scotty enough to say, okay, yeah, we're going to squ- switch things up here. And Scotty, you know, I, I think he's smart enough. Uh, where they can just change things up on the fly and he's going to be like, yeah, I'm right there with it. Yeah, I mean, just let's see him do everything. Let's see him guard point guards once in a while. Let's see him guard Nikola Jokic to see if he can do the OG thing. Like, just try him in a different, bunch of different spots. And again, live with the warts. I guess that leads me to my final question here, Vivek. We've seen, we, today we've seen pretty optimistic that we're going to see a successful season from Scotty because our bar seems relatively low i think that's not to say that we're not expecting a lot but i think you know there's not a lot of ways this can go all that wrong in year one but is there an outcome that you can sort of envision where you sit there and say damn that was like kind of a bummer first season for scotty barnes like do you see a pathway to this being an unsuccessful year and is again that more sort of on the coaching staff and maybe their sort of lack of creativity in deploying him or is there something that would happen with him either offensively or defensively that might make you sit sitting there and say "Mm, that was kind of not what you wanted to see in year one for scotty barnes with the understanding that he's a project and it's going to take some time regardless i think something that might be a bit of a bummer would allude to the lineups that we talked about. And so you think about mm-hmm. the two guys were saying he could potentially supplant are Gary Trent Jr. and Ken Birch, right? Sure. And, and so in terms of being able to outplay them enough in games where he's getting those opportunities, if he is so far off them that Nick Nurse has no choice but to turn to one of those two guys, then that's where... Uh, I would say it'd be a bit of, bit of a bummer if he doesn't come along in that regard. So uh, outside of that, uh, I don't see, you know, a situation in which he's failing per se. But mm-hmm. I think I think doing enough to take minutes away from those guys uh, is sort of the biggest measure of how successful he is this season. I think that's really well put. I guess my last one on this relates to his shooting, which is going to be kind of that pivot skill for him, right? And, you know, if he's not able to refine that jump shot, then there's probably going to be a ceiling on what he can be. Is there a baseline that you're hoping for from him this season from three? Like, is it just catch and shoot stuff? Is it, you know, do you even have like a a percentage in mind that you want to see him shoot? Like, where's your sort of expectation? What would be a successful three-point shooting season for Scotty Barnes here to wrap things up? Man, I don't know if there's a successful three-point shooting season for him uh, <laughs> right now. Uh, you yeah, know, I, I think he'll have some limited catch and shoot opportunities. Uh, I don't think there's going to be very many uh, sh- shots off the dribble. I think no. uh, let's let's see OG do some of those before <laughs> we we talk about Scotty doing that. And, <laughs> and so uh, I think you know for him, uh, he's smart enough to where. Unless it's one of those shots that, hey, 
the defense is absolutely giving it up and you need to take it to keep the defense honest, uh, I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be shooting very many of those. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's not so much about the percentage. I mean, it would be nice if he could break 30% as like, uh, okay, that's a decent starting point to go from there. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. There's not a lot of sample for him throughout his career. He hit some in Summer League and he missed some hilariously in Summer League. So it's going to be a mixed bag there for sure either way. I, I think... I don't want to see him not shoot them, I guess would be sort of where my baseline is. Like, if they're out there and they're just not letting him shoot, he has no green light whatsoever, I don't know if that's the best thing for his development. Like, it shouldn't be a Rondé Hollis-Jefferson situation where, you know, he's just completely been told, don't you dare take those threes. Like, take them if they're open and, you know, live with the results. Again, there's going to be a lot of living with the results here with Scotty Barnes this season. That feels like the through line of this podcast, but... I think as long as he's getting some looks in the corners, maybe even messing around with a little pick-and-pop stuff if he's working as a screener, just to see if he can do it. Why not? Just like, you know, okay, once or twice a game, throw one up. I think that's what you want to see. I I just hope they don't sort of steer him away from it just because it's not a skill he's perfected just yet because the only way to get there is in-game reps. And obviously, you know, practice and stuff like that too and and, and workouts in the summer and everything are going to help with that too. But in-game reps are sort of the the be-all, end-all in a lot of ways. And I think if you completely go into the season with a no-three strategy for Scotty Barnes, I think that's missing the point. I don't think that'll be the case because the Raptors love their dude shooting threes. They were eager to let Aaron Baines shoot them all season last year as he was in that weird sort of one foot forward silly approach that sucked. Um, Vivek, this podcast very much did not suck. It was lovely to have you back on the show. Uh, Where can people check out all of your wonderful work? And uh, yeah, if you've got anything to plug, feel free to plug away. Yeah, you can find me uh, on raptors.com, on CBC Sports, uh, Complex Canada. I'll still be doing uh, non-basketball stuff or non-Raptors stuff for them. Uh, And hey, if you haven't already, uh, Layla Fernandez, she went to the finals of the U.S. Open. Uh, I did a feature on her back in February. It's pinned to my profile on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob, so you can check that out if you haven't already. Go check it out for sure. Your tennis stuff is as wonderful as your basketball stuff, which is uh, very impressive. It's not They're not at all the same sports, yet you talk about them both wonderfully. Uh, so go check out all Big V stuff. Uh, you can find me, of course, on Twitter at WoodleySean. Uh, you can find my stuff at RaptorsHQ.com. Haven't been blogging a lot lately, but this week... It's the return of everybody's favorite thing, I think. At least I've made it so in my brain. Ranking Every Raptor is back, baby! Uh, the first part of probably two parts, maybe three parts, because the Raptors had a million players play for them last season. I'll see how things kind of shake out, but uh, that should be up uh, Thursday or Friday this week over at Raptors HQ. The first part of the fourth edition, I think, of Ranking Every Raptor. This annual tradition I've somehow got myself into. But it's a lot of fun, so get ready for that. On tomorrow's podcast, I'm going to be joined by Krita Mustafa from... Uh, uh, you know, owning all of sports internet, basically. Uh, but in the case of tomorrow, from Lockdown Women's Basketball, is we're going to pivot away from the Raptors for a day and talk about the potential of expansion in the WNBA to Toronto and what that could look like. We'll dig into some ideal names for the potential Raptor Toronto uh, expansion team and all that stuff. It'll be a great time with Krina. That's going to be tomorrow. And then on Friday, we'll probably break down the first portion of Ranking Every Raptor with a guest who I will bring on, and they can grill all my selections and tell me why I'm wrong, which is my favorite thing every single year that's all coming up later this week that's gonna do it for today thank you so
so much for tuning in. Now go and listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball. I was on yesterday's episode with Josh Lloyd talking about the Raptors season to come. If you want more of me talking about the Raptors, which I'm sure you do because you can't get enough of it, apparently, uh, on this here podcast. So go listen to that. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.